You determine how much masturbating you do. You're ready to be premature all over again. That's that's impressive. Quick quick reset. Quick reset. We are on our way. Come on in. That's right. Look in gin balls. It's just going to be a vicious cycle. Who knew the job was pro bono? I was so high that um, I shit myself at some point. Just skip over. I'm trying to contribute to the discussion. Okay, get to it. Somebody, somebody, everybody mute. Goddamn, you're killing me. Just on you, it's actually a dick. There's nothing wrong with punching above your weight. I the thought you'd get better. Well, I don't know what's true. worse. You're a ginger or you've been vaccinated. Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap this present <laughs> so, uh, and let the I, debate begin. <laughs> I'd like to welcome everybody back to season two of A Spirited Debate. We are back. New season, new topic. Same fantastic cast. If they can keep their shit together, we'll find out. Uh, obviously, before we start, do as we always do. How is everybody doing today? Make sure you unmute, but how is everybody doing? <laughs> and that ladies and gentlemen was the late grinch uh yeah he's done he won't be joining us so we'll move on oh, uh, not not the late grinch grinch the late grinch the late, the late. sorry <laughs> you you flip those words around and that, that sounds an entirely really different pretty tragically sad really quick yes. That was him and his premature thing. He, he's got to go get a sandwich now. <laughs> yes, yeah. Smoke a cigarette. You'll be fine. Um, he rebounds quick. Don't worry about him. Moving on. Uh, glad to have everybody back. Uh, as always, missed you guys for the week. This one's going to be a good one. Hopefully. Praying. We'll see. A um, lot of frustration this week, but we're going to get to that when we talk about our episode. So before we do anything else, let's talk about our drinks. I will go first. I am paying an homage since I did it last time to the Big Mac. This week, I am doing it to you, Haas. Uh, you mentioned it the last time we recorded. You had a gin and tonic, so I, too, decided to have a gin and tonic. So that's what I did today. Um, I had no tonic water. But the beautiful thing is I have this... Uh, I, I, I don't have it on me, um, so don't ask, but it's like Dr. Cody's tonic bitters or some shit. And if you don't have tonic water, you can use club soda. You can add this little bitters to it, this tonic bitters, and boom, voila, you have tonic water. Super easy. So I just took some pompous ass. Make it your own tonic water now. Viola. (laughs) Viola, you've got a good drink. It's gonna be different in season two. No. Uh, yeah, some so of them August Denura bears. That's <laughs> right. Uh, so I just grabbed some aviation gin, which, uh, to my sad dismay, is no longer owned by Ryan Reynolds. He sold his share for six hundred fifty million. Hmm. Fucker. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, so I know. I don't Jesus. know what he paid for, but he sold it for over six hundred million. Good on him. Um, yeah, so I'm having aviation gin and then some, it's not homemade. It's just club soda with this tonic and then with some ice and two lemon slivers. And so that's what I'm having Haas and ode to you. You said it, uh, when you had it, you were really looking forward to it. So I was like, I think I need one of those. I'm going to try one. It's summertime. It's a nice refreshing beverage. So that's what I'm doing. Gin and summertime in the living's LBC. easy. <laughs> and, uh, is it refreshing and, and, uh, it is, hitting I, the spot? I actually like the bitters by itself. <laughs> I just was like, I can drink this by itself or just pour it in club soda and drink the club soda. But it's got a nice flavor to it. Uh, so I do enjoy it. All right, sure. moving on. Uh, Grinch the late, what are you having today? Um, Since you were late coming we, on. Yes, yes. What are you having? Uh, I'm, uh, it's just a spin on the beer eater. Uh, it's certainly something we've done before, but I used uh, our, our Mexican lager that we make and uh, some tequila use Cointreau in place of uh, simple syrup and then lime juice and then added uh, some uh, jalapeno slices in there and uh, 
Yeah. Good, good drink. Good summer drink. Quick question. Is anybody hearing feedback or a humming? Yes, I'm hearing a humming. Okay. And uh, it's, 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 I, I thought it might be my ears ringing, but. Okay. That's what I was like. Am I hearing? I was like, what the fuck? Okay. It's gone. I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Okay. We'll blame yeah. him. It is gone now. Who him? We won't say, but no, it's me. It's me. Oh, 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 okay. It's a little AC thing that sits behind me. I didn't what are you, realize hot? It was, yeah, yeah, it's fucking hot. Yeah, it's hot. fucking hot here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, humidity Sorry. is like 400%. <clears throat> is that even possible? It'd be raining. Is it raining? It's just a sweat coming off of yeah. Grouch. Oh, yeah. It's the rain. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's you not look quite thrilled. Florida, but I'm like wading through the air as I go outside. <laughs> I can <clears throat> yeah. This. Uh, yeah, it's friggin' hot here. That's why you look miserable. Yes. Do you need to turn your AC back on? Oh, it's on. Everything's on. Oh, okay. Everything's right. on. Well, I just don't hear a humming anymore, so that's... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, right. no. Yeah, that's fine. So, Berita? Uh, is that what you call it? Berita, yeah. Beer, Berita. Yeah, I mean, you... you at the end of the day, you, you know, it's just like we've always seen, you, you know, you use a Mexican lager, um, you add some tequila, then jazz it up as you see fit from there, oh. whether it's Cointreau, jalapenos, lime juice. I'm sorry, I have to ask, is this uh, CMO approved? Oh, I didn't run it by. No, I'll allow should it. Have. Um, uh, okay, oh, thank you. you. Oh, thank I'll, you. I'll okay, allow he's allowing it. It would be, be awkward otherwise. Yeah, yeah it would. No. But uh, yeah, <laughs> if, you're, if you're doing a margarita, you got to run it by the CMO. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean that's tequila in it, it's, keep, it's fine. I'd have to keep doing this. <laughs> what if it's what if it's homemade sweet and sour is it still yeah. fine yeah okay okay um all right uh cmo big mag what are you drinking <laughs> margarita uh margarita no um so yeah somebody got a little muggy last week and called me out for being a bit of a one-trick pony with a lot of tequila in season one yeah. so uh you know i didn't want to do anything with tequila so i broke out some rum and made a cube of sweet and sour mix, a little yeah. orange liqueur. It's, it's a rumarita. Um, no, <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's a everything uh, ends with sound, a rita. Sounds like eating ass. <laughs> Why is that a problem for you? I was gonna. Yeah, say. I was like, wait, of all the people, I, I can't compare. <laughs> that so. was a compliment. Actually, yeah, don't start I backtracking. That was a, too hot. That was a compliment to the drink. That's what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, I apologize. We talked over you. Something we said we're gonna expressly try not to do. Uh, what are you having again? A rumarita? A rumarita? No, a Cuba Libre. Um, ah. So you know, a little bit of rum, a little bit of coke, and some lime juice. So uh, you're ge you're getting away from the margarita, but still sticking with the Latin flair. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll salsa. I'll do a little salsa a little bit later for you. Oh, sweet, sweet. Um, Who knew Max's last name was Lopez? Right? Yeah, <laughs> I wish, buddy. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. All right. Uh, if I knew Shakira's last name, I would have gone that way. But... Yeah, yeah. Probably okay. a better way to go. One name. Yeah. One name. Yeah. All right, Haas. And we will finish with you. What are you having? I'm sticking with the gin. It's uh, This is called a gin and sin. It's gin, simple syrup, orange juice, lime juice, and grenadine. Uh, and of course, I added a smidge more gin than the recipe called for on the okay. four count, and it's it's quite tasty. It's this winner. is yeah, most you... this is most certainly in the rotation, hundred percent. What kind of gin are you using? Is it that uh, flavored one Bot that you were the botanist? No, I'm not using the Whitney Neal, which was the blood orange. Yeah. Um, no, I've I've really the 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 flavor profile of the botanist. I can't seem to get away from that. Every every place I go, I look for another bottle of that because I just polished it off today. So is it like a London Dry? What is it? It's a Islay, is that right? Islay, dry island dry, gin. Isla. 
Isla? Is that how do you, it? I don't how know. do you pronounce it? Or how do you spell I it? Sorry. I think it's yeah, I S L A Y. Isla, maybe. I don't know. Very creepy. It's like I shall Google. I am. Shows how little I know about Scotch, but isn't that a region for Scotch? It is for whiskey. Yeah. For whiskey, yeah, it's the island. Yeah, it's Islay Dry Gin. There okay. you go. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's your uh, bread and butter right now, huh? Made by the Brew Brewlatic Distillery. There you go. And they're located where? Yeah, on the Islay Island, okay. the Isle of Islay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, but by, by the way, yes, I used cruise and rum. And I like my drink. <laughs> not that anybody, not that anybody cares. Okay. Jeez, that's on you, brother. That's on you. You determine your own level of involvement. Well, you just kind of like went right on, go went right on through, man. Look, if there was a Max declarative, says, it was like was it was like a Seven Eleven burrito, man. You just went right through me. Yeah. If there was a declarative pause where you stopped, then I moved on. I assumed you were done. So, I'm sorry, CMO. That's on you. <laughs> uh, again, you have to determine your own level of importance. Sure, I cannot hold yeah. your hand. I can't hold your hand. All right. So let's move on. Mac, I'm glad you like your drink. Oh, I'm, cheers. I'm happy you're using cheers. cruising yeah. rum. I, I, say, I, I don't want I us to miss cheers. that either. Cheers. Right? No, cheers. cheers. <clears throat> Season two is already dysfunctional. Fuck. Did you expect anything different? I mean, we do put the FU in dysfunctional. That's it. I'd have no, have it no other way. All right. So drinks out of the way. Welcomes out of the way. Premature ejaculation out of the way. Are you reset? Mm. You're ready to go. You're good. Oh, I'm good. All right. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. Um, So the topic of the week. um, It's a disappointing (laughs) one. Extends before this. Oh, good. Uh, (laughs) Some hymns, some keeps, or whatever those commercials are. Uh, Romans. You seem to know the yeah. I'm just gonna say you seem to know the name of all of them, dude. Yeah, I'm just them throwing all. that out Try there. All. Yep, all at once. See which works best. Uh, that's, so a, that's an emergency room visit waiting to happen. We are moving on. Uh, yeah, this this week what there was some frustration the the last few weeks, I should say. And the topic that we're going to talk about, um, in case you've lived under a rock recently, is the House Select Committee's investigation on the January sixth attack whatever you want to call it storming of the capitol building insurrection insurrection um i thought it was tourism isn't that what they call it (laughs) no no no, it's terrorism terrorism oh terrorism my bad that's the problem right there they've confused the two they've confused it yep yeah it's clearly the problem they don't know the english language well enough um obviously we did a podcast back in season one talking about after january 6th happened we we talked about that situation and the kind of the frustration with that, but you know, here we are six months later and the investigation started in late July and they, they brought forward a number of people to testify before the house select committee. And there has just been a a multitude of things surrounding this entire situation. And it it has been a frustrating uh, course through the entire thing from January 6th to now. But then when you kind of, when you hear it now, it's like reliving that, same bullshit and hearing all the same stuff in the right. And I'm not trying to offend anybody that may have a a right or conservative leaning on the show, but it's just frustrating. And I even said this, this week was like, are they fucking aliens? Cause I don't even recognize them as human beings, the stuff that they throw out and Grinch, you threw stuff out the stuff with, you know, with Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, um, and, and just like the frustration, the interview with, uh, what's his name? Jordan. Yeah. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Thank you. Um, and so it's just been a lot of frustration surrounding it. And the more I read, the more I hear, the more I watch, the more pissed off I get. And it's just like, as if January 6th wasn't bad enough. Now 
in terms of reliving it for some of these people and testifying, like you have all of these, these entertainers, as I told you, just, you know, giving their spin on it. And I realized we go, yes, we're entertainers and we're giving our spin as well, but it's like, there's right and there's wrong. And this has just descended into just pure stupidity from the right and the things that they're doing and saying. Uh, to try to spin this or try to put a spin on it. I'm not sure that's even possible at this point. But that's and the- we need to clarify it. When you say the right, you mean Republicans, not right as in the correct. Oh, yes. I apologize. Yeah. Not that I, I, I guess I assumed <laughs> that was just going to be understood, but I get it. Yeah. The right wing, far right, far right wing, uh, I think. Because there are, I'm sure, some centrists, some kind of middle ground right that are not just wacky fucking people. Yeah, but which, that's is, what, which is down to like three people, Mitt right, Romney, Liz Cheney, and Matt Ken, Kinzinger. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's what I wanted to talk about today. And uh, I, I, of course, I have not followed this maybe as closely live, but I have come after the fact and have been watching a number of things related to it. And I know, Grinch, you watched it that day. You sent out some stuff about it. Like, I, you couldn't even put it into words. It's like, there's, I can't do it justice. I think yeah. that's exactly what you said. Yeah, and I was listening to only audio at the time. I've since... Watch some of the videos that have been yeah. put together and some of which we've saw we've seen parts and pieces of that came out of the news slash were used as part of the impeachment trial um that followed in between january 6th and the transition of power um but yeah i mean it, it's you know to hear it is one thing and then to see it and as you were as you were kind of getting at you know, the visual of that, which shook us on January 6th, which, you know, we talked about at the time on the podcast, you know, I mean, like you got Pearl Harbor, you got 9-11 and you got that day in terms of what visuals we have to reference of like, this was a horrible day for our country kind of thing. And then to hear the testimony of those four police officers, you know, Metropolitan Police and DC Police. That was heartbreaking. yeah, to hear their testimony and their passion and the fact that they're so proud of what they do and they're protecting people who just don't fucking care. And you that's got to be hard. That's got to yeah. be hard for them to to, to yeah. hear the things that they're hearing and go, why am I protecting you day in and day out, putting my life on the line? Yeah. yeah. So, so I want to I want to ask this question because I haven't been following this as closely as I think some of the other people uh, you know, here today. Walk me through, and this, this maybe is for Grinch or anybody else. Um, walk me through what is the purpose of this committee? Then, I mean, obviously, you mentioned you know a lot of this came up during the impeachment trial uh, for Trump. You know, obviously, the thoughts that he could have incited all of this and, and could have been the mastermind behind it um, that that has gone away. So, what what is the? I, I mean, I guess what's the ultimate goal or outcome of, of the committee? What are they looking to accomplish? Yeah. I guess I'll uh, I'll answer real quick and then I'll defer to Thor because I think he put out a pretty good text that kind of laid the groundwork for where we are today, which was um, and forgive me if I say his name wrong. Was it Officer Dunn? I think Dunn. Uh, Harold Dunn. It? Harold Dunn. Yeah. He made the comment in the hearing. He said, "You know, he's like I've thought about this a lot, and the analogy I've tried to use to explain my feelings on this is." When you send a hitman to do something, not only is the hitman arrested and held to account, but so is the person who hired the hitman. It's conspiracy, right? Who yeah, hired the hitman was his way of saying, 
January 6th happened, but how did it happen? Because a, a mob, like there's mob mentality, but there was clearly something. Well, there has to be something to was, start the mob. That well, was, you know, we see, we heard, we heard what was said the day of, we heard the inflammatory comments, but what the, <clears throat> what the hearing is trying to, to, to bring to light were all the things that happened prior to that helped orchestrate that because Trump's own friggin' election committee, if I'm not mistaken, or his staff is who actually like put the paperwork through to allow for the event to even happen. Because if you have any kind of protest rally, et cetera, in right. DC, you have to file a license or, you know, whatever the term is to get permission. And, right. and, and, and I'm not aware of how many are denied or approved, but ultimately it signals to all those resources within the national capital region, what's coming. And then they can plan ahead for how to manage the routes, how to shut down traffic, how many police officers or law enforcement personnel they need and that kind of thing. Right. So <clears throat> in terms of what the hearings trying to bring to light was what happened prior so they started with the day of to set the tone right. to remind everybody of how bad it was. Everything that's going to follow were the people who were involved in the decisions to either increase security, not increase security, authorize, you know, the reserves showing up and that kind of thing. Well, and I think additionally, too, now, because a lot of the Republicans who were admitting what happened are now saying that it didn't happen or it wasn't as bad as what it was. Now they're also trying they're holding this and having these testimonies so that, um, you know, the real truth will continue to prevail. Well, and and this is where I defer to Thor because he sent the note out. It's very important to understand the makeup of the committee and how we got here. Right. And, and I think that's part of the issue is you, you do have Haas, like you're saying, there are some Republicans that are trying to make sure that the truth is out there, but there are also a lot of Republicans that are just pulling ranks. They're closing the circle and they're trying to mitigate damage as much as possible. Well, and, yeah, because as you mentioned earlier, and, and you probably still have the makeup, it's not a bipartisan committee. I mean, right. It's, it's, right. it's pretty much one, it's well, one side it, of the aisle. No, it is bipartisan, but it's kind of weakish because it's only two Republicans. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, and and it's one Republican who I think would they they wouldn't have her be a Republican if they could. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but real quick before we go too far, I just want to say, Mac, in terms of for you, uh, so this is a special committee that was convened in Congress to investigate and generally uh, congressional committees are appointed to perform a special function beyond the authority or capacity of the normal Congress. So a select committee is usually created by a resolution that outlines its duties and powers and procedures. And then that committee is there to investigate rather than legislate. Now, some committees do actually form legislation depending on the hearings, they will draft legislation, but really their job is to investigate whatever they're, they're supposed to be doing. Like when Benghazi occurred, they formed a committee to, investigate Benghazi. And there's, these have been throughout history. But uh, what Grinch was alluding to was the actual makeup of the committee. So when the committee was convened, Nancy Pelosi, as the Speaker of the House, was given authority to select eight members to the committee. The committee is supposed to have 13 members. And she was given authority to select eight members and, well, technically seven members. And then she selected one more and eight. And then the Republicans were given five members. And so she selected seven Republic, uh, seven Democrats, I apologize, seven Democrats who were approved to the committee. And then she selected one 
Republican, and that is Cheney. And so Liz Cheney was selected as the eighth member, and that gave the minority speaker, the minority leader, uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, the Republican minority leader in the House, the right to choose five members of the Republican. So it, it is bipartisan, but yes, it is slightly slanted because the prevailing uh, party in the House is Democrat, so they get more members. Uh, he put up five members. Two of the members that he put up were, uh, you said his name, Jim Jordan uh, was yeah. one of them, uh, Rodney Davis, Kelly Armstrong, Troy Nels, and Jim Banks. And almost out of hand when they were voting on them, I believe it was Jim Banks and Jim Jordan were denied a position on the panel. And the reason was there was some questions about previous things that they had done in relation to Trump or communications they've had with Trump, dealings that they had had with his administration. They felt that they wouldn't be able to give fair, unbiased, I don't even know what the it, word it, I'm thinking. It's of. a bit like if they had any character of their own, they would recuse themselves right. if you'd use the legal term. But they clearly weren't going to do that. So they were going to go poison the well. Right. And so the, because they, they didn't feel they could be unbiased in the situation, they said that they would not allow those two members specifically to sit. Pelosi said, well, you know, we're, we're not going to approve those. Please pick two more. Well, Kevin McCarthy, being the little bitch that he was, said, if those two members don't sit, no members of my party sit. And so it put her, it forced her hand. She then chose Adam Kinzinger to be the other Republican so a total of nine members. So it's supposed to have 13, only nine are sitting, seven Democrats, two Republicans. And they were ones she chose because he refused to come to the table and, and find new people. And so the other thing he did was he came forward and said, any Republican that sits on this committee will lose any support of the party and do not expect any future appointments to any committees. Now, I don't know what that means in terms of the job function that they do. I don't know if that's something they're always trying to do, like get on committees and things like that. I don't know. It, it, they, they are, I'll say real quickly, they are because that's kind of where influence comes from Okay, where they sit on committees. Cause they kind of use that to parlay influence gotcha. or, or it helps them influence because typically uh, the house and the Senate rules are a little different because of the number of members, but typically you get, they have like a committees and B committees based on like, as you might imagine, like the House Armed Services Committee is a big one. The Appropriations Committee, like they'll right. get on a primary committee and then like subcommittees, subcommittees. Right. And it's the the strategy for both parties is you orchestrate who's where to create your future leaders, because ultimately what you want is your ranking in your chair. Obviously, right. you want to hold majority so you get the chairmanship. Right. You know, so that, therefore you steer and control everything that comes through that committee. Right. So, so ultimately, Mac, I guess to answer your question, so it's there to investigate what happened on January 6th for a myriad of reasons. <laughs> the largest, I think, being who is culpable for January 6th. And then, of course, obviously, we see that there is a skew in some way to the committee because the Republicans refused to come to the table. Uh, I, I tried to research and I Grinch, I don't know if you can answer this or if anybody can answer this. I tried to research like them taking Jim Jordan off saying he because of his past and, and stuff has come to light that he was in communication with Trump on the 6th of January, which he has admitted to. He, he has admitted to. I, I began to think like, did they purposely put him up? And I don't know this. And that's why I asked you, Grinch, <clears throat> if you are sitting on a committee, does it preclude you from then testifying to that committee? Uh, I, I don't know what the rules are, okay. but I would, I would assume that to be the case. And that's what I began to think. It, and I, I kept Googling. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. That said yeah. Yes. yeah. I mean, it's, so, so it's, it's, uh, 
home. I can't think of the term, but essentially because this committee, thank you, you know. because this committee has subpoena power. Yes, you wouldn't. I, I, I'm I'm fairly confident with my 20 years in legal, you wouldn't be able to subpoena someone who's on the committee. So right. the whole point of putting them on the committee was to keep them from being subpoenaed and to testify, which let's be honest, they're going to send out subpoenas and some of these people aren't going to freaking, they're not going to play ball and we'll see where that gets us. Yeah. But which, oh, by yeah, the way, it, it was a strategy to be one of them. Yeah. Right. It, it, it was most certainly a strategy for sure. And, and that's what I was wondering. So when he got denied, I was like, okay, does that mean now he can test or he's, he can be forced to subpoenaed, right? If yeah. you're on the committee, I didn't know if it was like a chess move by McCarthy going, let's put him on. Then we know he's had dealings with Trump. He can't testify to those facts. Yeah, and I think I, uh, I think this was in your text as well, but it's it's worth mentioning uh, again. They tried to pass legislation to create the committee in a bipartisan fashion or even in a bicameral fashion between the right. Senate and the House. It was blocked. It was blocked. Senate, you know, there is no supermajority. It's it's fifty one fifty if you include the vice president. Right, it's too close. You know, so the Senate outright blocked it thereby inhibiting what have been what would have been a recognized committee by both parties right. so therefore the house who has the majority and has when you're in the majority in the house you have far more power than you do in the senate in terms of the numbers so speaker pelosi moved forward with creating the committee everything that followed was the politics and of course to jim jordan it's like are you fucking kidding me you know like there's no doubt what he was going to be there to do which was just submarine you know, you know, tear down character, whatever he could possibly do. And, and that's the shame of it all, right? I mean, that's a bit of where our outrage is coming from is as Americans, we all saw what happened, yet some one party in particular seems to pretend like it didn't. It has no interest in knowing what, why it happened. Even though it's like, we're all like, yeah, we're pretty clear as to what happened. But another big point worth making is a lot of the material I'm sure we're going to revisit is the timeline that was created by the impeachment managers that followed January 6th. But the important thing to know is that the Trump administration was still in power in the executive committee and offered zero, zero assistance. Help. Right. Now that the Biden that administration has come in, yeah, you, the DOJ, everything has changed. And so in terms of the outright stonewalling that occurred in both impeachment hearings, frankly, that just doesn't exist in the same fashion. Right. Now, will you get cooperative witnesses and that kind of thing? That's a separate matter. No, and I think Haas is right. I think they'll do everything they can from their side of the aisle to stonewall as much as possible to avoid, to obfuscate and, and try to avoid, you know, putting the facts down uh, because, Let's be honest, they, they don't want to be held accountable, or at least they don't want the person that was re representing their party at the time to be held accountable. That's a reflection of them, the decisions they made in four years. And, and so I, I don't understand it. I'm not even going to lie and say, I totally understand why they would do it. I don't. That doesn't make sense. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. And for me, you can't claim to be a party of the people and do what you're doing right now. You can't. No. Now, I, I am I am a liberal. And I will admit that openly, I'm a liberal and I'm fine with that. But it's like, you can't claim to be a, a party of the people, a party that supports, you know, blue lives matter, you know, whatever it is. Uh, we support the military and police and all of these things and then watch what they're doing. I mean, that's just, uh, how do you reconcile that in, in terms of like, how do you lay your head on a pillow at night after saying the things that you say and doing the things that you do when you're part of that party? That's the part I, I just, I don't get it. And it, it infuriates me.
I'm hundred percent with you. That that's the thing I still to this day cannot get my head wrapped around because in terms of, you know, I'll admit uh, voted conservative almost my whole life until the last eight ish years where, you know, in some cases it was the candidate, like I wasn't enamored with McCain, you know, I wasn't crazy about him in terms of a person. And then of course, when Sarah Palin was his running mate, I was like, Oh fuck me. No way. You know, but as we saw this last election cycle, I think that was the turning point for me where I was like, this isn't conservative conservatism anymore. This is a cult of personality where, and, and we've seen this throughout history. We've talked about this before where <clears throat> the, the person becomes synonymous with the state or the, or the party, whatever you want to call it. And then therefore they become the single icon and representative and the thing that bothers me the most is the Republican Party relinquished that power. They didn't fight for it. They just went with it. And now they're on this roller coaster and they can't get off. Are they until, trying? Until Are it plays trying? out, right? Whether it is the tax returns, whether it is something. No, they're not, clearly. Right. They're not, which is despicable and shameful. But like if you saw the quotes from McCarthy and, and McConnell in particular, they didn't even watch the hearing. That was their official response was due to scheduling, you know, or something to that effect. They're very busy. Didn't see any of it. Well, they were never going to watch it. And we know that they don't but want you it know. to happen. Yeah, I know, yeah. but you know, they had people watching it that reported back and said, this is what's going on. Oh, they know. Yeah. And yeah, they I know mean, they bad. know. They right. know it's bad. And, and the thing is, you know, as I heard multiple news um, anchors, pundits, et cetera, talk about, it's like, let's just say you were in the room and you were there to submarine it. What do you say? What could you fucking say about that day? Right. I mean, there, you, you know, you've got an officer um, who had his body cam on. And if you heard his testimony, you can see as he's he's starting the day. And yes, they kind of it was Michael it. Fanoni. Yeah. Right, or Michael Fanone. Uh, Fanone. Um, at one point, he's unconscious. They estimate for four minutes when he got pulled into the crowd and got repeatedly tased. Tased and beaten. And beaten. Yeah. And he finally said, I have kids, which was the only thing that caused pause for some of those fucking animals before he was recovered back in. Animals, they're tourists. Tourists, yeah. brother, tourists. And, 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 you know, and these are people. One man's tourist is another man's terrorist. Terrorist. Right. Well, and there were some funny comments to include one, uh, the first officer. And again, I'm, I wish I'd brought their names up. So I was a little more nimble. Sergeant Gunnell. Yeah. Who, who. We had the first one. Uh, who, the first one who testified. He, he was from the Dominican one from the, Republic. Yeah, he's the one from the Dominican Republic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where, Ganell, yeah. Yeah. I think he said something to the effect of like, um, you know, if they were given hugs and kisses, and he was like, "Well, if that's the case, I'd love to go give hugs and kisses to the person who said that." And then obviously his professionalism kind of like started Kick, to catch up, right? With Kicks his in. emotion, right? And he even said in the testimony, "I shouldn't have said that," and, and he's right. He's right. I, I respect. I feel the same way, but I respect the fact that he had to kind of compose himself. But well, Officer Fanon, you know, can when you he, imagine his opening statement slapping the table? Yeah, talking about know. how disrespectful it was. Yeah, the the fact that you know these Congress these Congress people and these senators are like trying to to roll this back and say this didn't happen when when these people could have died and seven seven officers did die right to protect them and now you're going to say not only and here's the other thing they have absconded from giving some of these officers medals yes. and, and accommodations and then, and then, and then trying to like sweep this all on the rug and, 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 and pretend like, and rewrite history. Like it didn't occur. I mean, the passion 
and the emotion that these gentlemen uh, testified with was just an, a, another account of how dutiful they are to the United States of America and to the Constitution and to the, you know, democratic yeah. way. And, and there was a the democratic hearing. Way. I don't know what the topic was. I just saw the sound segment um, where uh, Representative uh, Raskin, uh, who was one of the impeachment managers during the second impeachment, maybe both, but at least on the second one, confronted the representative that I can't remember his name because he's a piece of shit about him saying, if you watch, if you want, like he was clearly parsing his words, which Raskin was like cognizant of, but he wasn't going to let him off that easy saying, you said they look like tourists. What did you mean? And all he kept saying back was, well, listen to my statement. And he's like, yep. He's like, well, what was my statement? And he read it back to him verbatim. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Like, so you're saying if I took the entirety of that day and clipped it down to three seconds that this looks like Taurus. That's like, that's what he's, that's the line he's trying to walk. Right. Right. You know, now, cause he's had time to kind of game game, you know, game it out with his, his media people and go, well, yeah, I'm just saying in that one second, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Then what do you say about the rest of the shit? Motherfucker. Right. You know, like, come on. And, and there were a number of things like, uh, Harry Dunn, uh, officer Harry Dunn, when he's talking about, he works for Capitol police, he, a uh, big African-American man. And he was talking like when he finally got cornered and people were like, nobody voted for Biden, blah, blah, blah. And he said, look, in this job, you don't bring politics into it. But he said, I couldn't help myself. And Mm -hmm. I said, I voted for him. Doesn't my vote count? And then, of course, we know how if you've listened to the testimony, I mean, it's horrible, but we know how that goes downhill very quickly. But it's like in that moment, and you you were talking about Ganell letting his professional character catch up to the conversation it's like when you're faced with a crowd and and somebody says something like i, I got to imagine you are literally going well i voted for xyz don't i matter aren't i a person it doesn't my vote count and then suddenly they turn on you and obviously the racial slurs occurred and, and it was yeah and i was gonna say i mean i, I know we're avoiding saying well, call it, them um, traitors well, you know, right. but it's, it's, you're going to die. It's worth delving into that. I know we're, you know, it's one of those kind of out of respect, avoiding saying what was said, but I'll say it, which was the comment that followed was the guy said, he turned to his, the other group and said, you hear that this nigger voted for Biden. Yeah. And in his following in the next statement, he said in my, I think it was 14 years ish. Wearing the I uniform. remember right of wearing the uniform. Never the uniform been called. I have never had that said to my face. Right. Yeah, I saw and that. That, January that, was just 6th, that changed. And he's not a small man. No. <laughs> and like, then for him no. to offer that later in that day, when the dust settled, and he was like, "Is this America?" And he was broken down to tears, crying, crying, right. like that. That's heartbreaking. And, and you know, we, we just covered our podcast at the end of season one, where we're talking about racism and sports. And then obviously here we're talking about the wider conversation of racism, but here you have a man who is dedicating himself to serving and protecting on the steps of the Capitol. You know, he, he's not only there protecting his own people in that situation, but he's also there protecting the tourists, you know, as much as he can, you know, put obviously he has other considerations in terms of that, especially when they're trying to do harm, but it's like, and then to be faced with that on top of it. And I I think that was one of the things they said was like, you might be a white cop in that situation and you're dealing with certain things, but as a black cop, you're also dealing with that. And then a whole mountain of other shit that people are throwing at you. Yeah. Like, do you think had it been, had it been officer done instead of officer Fanon out there in the mob being lynched and he said, I had kids, 
Do you think yeah. they would have stopped? No, I don't think so. Well, and it's it's worth noting uh, the one other officer we haven't mentioned yet by name. He's the one that's in the door. Daniel, yeah, Hodges. Daniel Hodges, the one who yeah. actually they ripped, they had his mask and they were like yes. smacking him in the face yes. with it. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, the quote to him was like, are you my brother? Because they were trying to recruit him because he was white. And of course, the first officer said <clears throat> he also referenced some of the comments made to him because they noticed he wasn't white. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not even yeah. American. Oh, you know, I like, only served in the army. You know, what the fuck? What, what's sad <laughs> about this is these people hate the other side really more than they love America. That's really what it comes down to. Well, in, in, and if I can inject this, I think this is actually the crux, the crux of kind of what we came to the table to talk about this, that I think this all set the scene for the notion of patriotism versus nationalism, because some of those fucks would use phrases like we need more patriots, quote unquote, to the front. And it's one of those, like, you just said you need more patriots to the front line to storm the Capitol, to overwhelm the police that you claim to back. Right. Like, do you understand that sentence as you just said it? You said patriots, because that's the key to all this in terms of kind of what caused us to have this, you know, to choose this as a topic, which was they're claiming patriotism and it's fucking not. Right. It's not in the best interest of this country. It's a fucking warp and tw- warped and twisted nationalism that as you and I spoke on, you know, while we were gaming that borders on fascism. Right. And I don't think they know the difference. They don't. And, and so they say patriotism when like you saying they mean nationalism, uh, even something more bastardized than nationalism. And, and they try to claim that it's patriotism. And the worst part is right. Those are people that are involved. Those are people that are on the ground doing the dumb, horrible shit. You also have the other side of that. And, and Grinch, you sent it out the video. And I mean, I've, I've never been a Sean Hannity fan. I uh, just assume, I mean, I said it, <laughs> just as yeah. he die a slow, torturous death. Um, who was the other? I mean, Tucker Carlson, both. Fucking, oh, that well, guy. Tucker Carlson oh. and then Laura Ingram. No, but the other one that just passed big fat oh, guy. Yeah. Limbaugh. Limbaugh. Another waste of fucking skin. Uh, but I, I, I kind of rank him with Sean Hannity in terms of just the shit that comes out of their mouth and, uh, you know, listening to that stuff. And, and one of the things that I know that group said, I don't remember specifically who it was, but it's like the four officers that were chosen to testify were handpicked by Democrats right. because they're trying Carefully to skew cultivated. things. Right. And it's yes. just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, is that where your mind is that you think the other side are going to those links that they're spending six months cultivating stories and, and manipulating so that they can push their own agenda. I don't even think that's necessary. The shit was bad enough. You can just put four people that were there and they're just going to be honest. And yet the right is going, Oh, well it was cultivated. Oh, it's all bullshit. It's like, well, and part of, part of the problem there is, and we've discussed this before is there, there is no media anymore, right? There's, people reporting on specific sides well it's there's, like no we talked about. there's no bias media there's you mean unbiased. right there's no or unbiased, there's yes, no sorry. accepted basis of facts with right. media maybe you know that's what that was poorly worded. everybody's you, yeah everybody's skewing right. to their you, point of view yeah um you know and, and you know long gone is the day that you know you could turn on the news and actually get you know just the facts ma'am well, that's that not, kind of thing and i'll say my, it again uh, real quick yeah, yeah, you know Henry Kissinger um, got to hear him speak, and he said um, there was a point in time when we all had an agreed upon baseline of facts 
from which we debated. Right. That time is gone. We right. can't even agree on the facts, even though, like, you know, you could say, all right, we take words out of context. All right, parse, you didn't hear my whole statement. Those are, there's some truth to that of like, if you didn't hear everything I said before and what followed and you just isolated one statement, you could, you could say, see, this person said that and they're a horrible human being. But in this case, video, like there are mountains of videos. Everything's recorded on some level. There were gallows in front of our Capitol. There were people chanting, hang Mike Pence. You, that's not fabricated. Like it fucking happened. (laughs) Thank you, internet, right? There's nothing, you know, that that happens without being filmed and or reported on. Like you said, and and it's, it's cold hard facts at that point, right? It's not, you know, he said, she said thing. You'd think, right? (laughs) You you would think. But, but it puts us in a precarious position of not being able to confuse the facts. So what do they resort to? They literally ignore them. They just pretend like they don't exist. Yeah. It's like, how, how do you do that? I mean, yeah. you know, at some I, that, point you have to own it and be like, hey. That's the part that keeps bugging me. That, and is all that they this, ignore it? I, I mean, we all, I think we all know this, but for the benefit of any listeners that don't, whether you're in the military, law enforcement, member of Congress, you swear an oath to the Constitution, not to a person. Now, if you're within the military, whether you're enlisted or an officer, part of your oath says and I will obey the orders of the officers appointed over me, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like you're going to respect the chain of command. That's emphasized. But at the end of the day, what you swear an oath to is the Constitution. That's the part that I keep looking at the Republican Party and say, where, what, why have you gone astray? Is it simply that you are racist or you see an America changing where you are no longer in, in control like you were before. Because as we've said in other podcasts, all trends show the Republican Party doesn't have as much of a future because it has no fucking platform that offers anything to anybody as opposed to, and I'm not, I'm not even a registered Democrat. I do want to say that. But if I'm, if I'm putting the two parties together and I say, well, one is talking expanded health care, increased minimum wage, flat corporate tax rates. They actually pay what they're supposed to pay, combat climate change, um, beneficial oh. connections with trade and other organizations around the world, whether it's for common defense. Oh, you, you, like, you mean shit that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And then I flip, don't, don't bring I flip over this. to this other party and I go anti-immigration sounds fascist. Isolationism. Isolationism right. beholden to one person, cult of personality, which isn't the state, but now wants to think he is synonymous with the state. So therefore a slight against him is a slight against the state. North Korea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like you can start going down the list and go, the choice is pretty clear to me. Right. So are you saying McConnell, McCarthy, you're just surviving in this new environment because you just care more about yourself than your country? 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's what they're doing. Yeah. It's, it was a rhetorical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I you know. know but, but I mean, for those, <laughs> somebody for those, answer for those that aren't as, as well adept to the subject matter, I mean, I think we can all agree that's 100% exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting well, and I part, think we've all, which is pathetic. Yeah. So Matt, go ahead. I'll, I'll... No, I was gonna say, I think we've all kind of talked about it before over, you know, many of the other podcasts, you know, wh- whether we're, you know, conservative, liberal, you know, middle, you know, I, I think, you know, for the four of us, what we look to find is what's best for everybody. Right. 
and, and I could be putting words in people's mouths here, right? I, I, I don't. Those are words. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I agree. You know, I, I, I don't person. care. You know, if 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 you put up a Republican presidential nomination who I think makes sense and, and speaks the truth, you know, I got no problem voting for them. You know, and, and the same with the Democrat Democratic Party, right? I mean, it, it's what is best, you know, for as you put it, the state. And the, and the populace. The problem with the Republican Party, I don't think they would even recognize somebody telling the truth at this point. No, they would. Well, no, yeah, you're right. So they Which couldn't is why they never up. stood a chance on that stage. Well, and they don't yeah. care about the populace, right? They care about themselves. Right. You know, and I'll say that maybe you know to illustrate your point, during during the primary of what what's my math here eight uh, twelve maybe I don't know, uh, I voted for John Kasich. He's a conservative. He has a ton of experience in the House. He's been a governor. The man has he was like in Ohio, quality, right? yeah, a quality the of character, button? has tremendous potential actually, to lead the country. He doesn't take shit in the sense yeah. of like, if America is going to be a superpower, be a fucking superpower. And he couldn't get any oxygen on that stage with the other fucking jackasses that were there and the other fucking dude that we know ultimately won. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, uh, it was a horrible run that year in terms of like, I think that was the your primary. You had like 30 fucking Republicans in the, like trying to whittle it down or something. Yeah, how did you, ridiculous. how did you? It, it, all right, let me, let me delve into conspiracy here. Uh, you, you had a fucking guy in this piece of shit cruise who literally had another candidate accuse his father of like being involved in shooting Kennedy and the fucking guy still didn't have the balls to be a man around him after it was all said and done and kisses his ass at every opportunity. Fucking Cruz. Are you fucking kidding me? And Graham, that piece of shit, who, okay. you know, he's like showing the video of him like beating the cell phone. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. You're, you're, you're a real man. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a real, real man. man. You know, uh, I well, guess I what, think, come on. I guess what's interesting, because I do want to get back to my point, Mike. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, when you hear someone like Dunn, Officer Dunn, say, you know, I voted for Biden, he's been a Capitol Police officer, what, 14 years? Right. So, I mean, right. he, he he's, he's seen he several. Was, he's he's seen several different Congresses, several different parties in power. And yet he came to work every day. Didn't matter if, if, if it was McConnell in power in the Senate or whatever it was, like came prepared to put his life on the line for whoever was in power. Like that speaks volumes in terms of like, hey. I get that I may lean one way or the other, but it's not going to prohibit me from doing my job. I don't care who you are or what your politics are. I'm still putting my life on the line to stand in the way of any issue that might put you in harm's way. I mean, that's their job. And and then to be derided for it, to be chastised for it, to be racially attacked for it. It's like, yeah, he owned it. He said, I voted for Biden. Guess what? So did I. Good on you, mate. And But it's like he still came to work every day and did his job regardless of the politics. That's what and they're there for. And I, you know, I will say this will be a bit of a weird statement of it, it, it's I, I feel like I've had moments like that, obviously never as acute as January 6th. But like I took a lot of pride when I was in the military, knowing what I was part of and defending those. I, I, I feel confident in saying those officers feel the same way, like they see the flag, they see the symbols of our nation. It matters to them. They are patriots. Because they want what, and, and to me, this is the clear difference between patriotism and this fucking nationalism slash fascism shit, which is they want what's best for the country. 
And that is how they think about it. And that's how they view their role. Like I have an important role in how I protect the institutions of this nation, because as one officer said, it wasn't lost on me thinking if we lost a couple of members, given the razor thin margin that was in the house, kidnapped, killed, whatever, total fucking anarchy could have followed. Right. Like mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. wasn't lost on them. Now, I mean, were they thinking that every second of the moment? No, you know, but it still mattered but, to them. And that's why they're at work. That's why well, they do it. But they you do. wonder, I, I'm sorry, House, I'll get back to you in just a second. I, I just want to touch on something. There. Had something like that happened, right? I mean, we know what was it? Seven, you know, police officers did, did die during the riots um, or, or mob scene, whatever you want to call it. Twice. If somebody from Congress or, or the house had, had been killed during that, would, you know, would everybody then rally, you know, and say, look, you know, this actually hit somebody, you know, one of our own, I guess, kind of thing. Do you, do you think that would have changed the way people look at what happened that day? I, I, I think it's a lot like the gun control issue. You want to say yes, you, but you, you know. want to say yes. And in the moment, right. On January the jerk 6th, reaction. we heard remarks from McCarthy and others that followed immediately after that probably were very raw and real. But what happened afterward is the real world of like what happens next started sinking in. They circled the wagon. They started, right. you know, cultivating their comments, tweaking the wording, <laughs> being a little more you cagey know, about what they're saying. Like, I mean, let's just say if 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 this in fact did happen that McCarthy spoke with Trump on the day of the 6th and McCarthy was like, what the fuck call this crowd off? Cause that's all it would take was him speaking out saying, this is not what I wanted, right. which he didn't do. And by many reports, he was fucking giddy that day for Trump to say back to him, the supposed quote was, I guess they care more than you. Well, what the fuck? Right. You know, we we were talking about this a little bit last night, and, and the the little Mac brought up, I think, a really good point. Um, and it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but you know what? You elected a reality TV host to the greatest job in the land. Did you fucking expect him to turn this country into anything other than a reality TV show, well, which is know. essentially what he did? Right. You know, and laughed the whole time. And laughed the whole it. way through, and, and continues to laugh. And, and, and God forbid, if they allow him to run in 2024, I, I would just be beside myself. Uh, Haas, are they taking anybody over there in Australia? Or Australia? Austria? We'll send him to either place. I'm okay with that. Yeah. We'll make room. So I do want to... I'm getting a look here. I'm getting Yeah, a look. but I do want to come back to Haas. I think Haas had a point yeah. that I, unfortunately I cut off. So once we get, you know, once we get on the other side of the refills, maybe... Let's make sure we get back to Haas's point. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't pull a Mac. Don't pull a Mac. You got to remember that thought. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Grinch, go make your drink and we will reconvene on the other side. All right. All right. And we're back. Haas, do you remember your thought? Because Grinch was desperate to hear it. Well, when, yeah, when we're talking about, uh, when Grinch actually specifically was talking about patriotism versus nationalism, I actually think it was you, Grinch, that said the difference is, is that. These so-called patriots, they're, they're out there prophetizing that they would take a bullet for this country, but in fact, they won't even take a jab in the arm to get a vaccine for their country. Nope. And, and, there, and there's, there's your example of the difference between patriotism 
and nationalism. Well, okay, then yeah. let's dip the bullets in the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> Problem solved. Right. Or rub it all over the chainsaws. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, I guess ultimately my issue with what happened on July 27th with that day in particular of the hearings was just when you listen to these guys and what they've dealt with, not only on January 6th, but the fallout and, and uh, I've never experienced post-traumatic stress. I mean, Grinch, I know you've been in the military, people that have been in the military, people that put themselves in harm's way and the, and the police. I understand that you deal with post-traumatic stress. And even when you think nothing's happened, that there are effects that, that you may not even recognize that are occurring and long lasting effects and the things that these guys have had to deal with and to do that and then have to spend the next, the, the next six months of your life dealing with those things and going to counseling and, and the employee assistance programs that they talk about and just trying to deal with how do I move past this? And then here they go, July 27th, they're subpoenaed to testify. They got to come back. They got to relive that moment. And I got to think somewhere in the back of their head, they're going, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to testify for a few hours, but ultimately why? Because I, are, are they got to be sitting there going, are people going to be held accountable? Is there going to be culpability for the people upstairs that were involved in inciting this situation? That's got to weigh heavy on someone in that situation going, I'm going to do all this. And for what? Yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing the right thing. I'm, I'm getting it out there so that everybody knows and it's on record. But ultimately, if nothing comes of it, they have to be okay with, with, with nothing ever being doled out in terms of punishment. Uh, I mean, that's got to be frustrating. Uh, yeah. No, I think it's a, it's a great <laughs> It's a great consideration of all this. And my, you know, a little bit, a little bit of putting myself in their shoes. Um, certainly, I, I don't have a reference point that's anything like that. So I don't, I don't want to take away or pretend that I understand what they went through um, or detract from or take away. Um, the, so I had a couple of thoughts on this exact point, which was, the 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 thing that came to mind was the um, veterans who came home from Vietnam. In my mind, it seems like it was similar. Of at the end of the day, they went and did what their country asked slash demanded in the sense that there was a draft them to do. Legally, that's what their country asked them to do, and they they legally, unless you avoided it with bone spurs or some shit like that did not have a choice. You were going to go serve on behalf of your country, yet you came home to pieces of shit spitting on them and calling them war criminals and baby killers. And they're like, I did what I was supposed Even to do. Even though what was their option? They were obligated. That, that's right. Legally, they were legally fleet. obligated that's, that's to do right. this point. Yeah, right. so you, had no, you really had no choice. Now in this, so connecting that with, with the four officers that testified, None of them expected to be in that situation, nor did they ever want to, you know, like the, the, the heroes and a lot of the people that are, you know, we, we hold in high regard from the heroic actions of past wars, conflict, et cetera. They didn't want to be there that day, <laughs> like, but that's what the job asked of them. And in some cases, like in uh, Officer Fanon's case, he heard what was going on and by his own accord of his own accord went because he could hear on the radio the tone of the commander, who is a dan you know is also another freaking hero, um, 
and he could start to hear the anxiety levels. And I right, think, you know, as a professional, like those are the, that's, that's your spider sense, right? You start knowing something's a little off when you hear emotion creeping in when otherwise they're, you know, super professional, like you stay calm in all situations. So what I want to believe because it gives me hope is that they believe their testimony will make a difference. And based on the composition of the fact, in this case, let's just call it what it is. The Democrats are controlling this particular hearing. They do believe they can say what they wanted to say and be heard. And I think that's the case. If you heard all the committee members, many of them asked questions to tee up points. None of them challenged their character. None of them were like, yeah, well, couldn't you have, it's like, okay, you know, nobody did any of that. And, and even Kinzinger, as we heard, got super emotional, you know, when he, when he spoke, because that speaks to genuine care and love of country, in my opinion. And I hope at least from their prior, they probably met with some of the committee members ahead of, that's typical of a hearing. You meet ahead of time, you kind of get a, like, you know, sometimes you'll say like, hey, I'm going to kind of ask you about this. It, it isn't, <clears throat> you're trying to orchestrate a smooth event. It isn't to manipulate information necessarily. I'm not saying it's never happened, but I'm sure they met them and saw another human being sitting across from the table with them, uh, from the table who, who, as you said, Thor, they're, they're, they're damaged. You know, they're hurt. They have physical and mental injuries. And oh, by the way, they're part of an organization that hasn't done dealt with something like this. Like, like it reminds me of the early days of the Iraq war in Afghanistan when the military had no idea how to do counseling. They never thought they'd do marriage counseling because they hadn't dealt with that at that scale in years. And then back to the recognition, you know, these fuck sticks who blocked the, you know, the legislation that would have recognized them. And we all know why they did it because they didn't like the wording in the, in the award, which said insurrectionists, or I think is what it said. They were like, Oh, well, our counter offers, we're going to recognize everybody who's ever been hurt. Okay. Fuck off. <laughs> you know, fuck off. We, anybody can see through that shit. You just don't want them to be recognized for the day because it just keeps making it more real and you look shittier and shittier as it goes. But amazingly enough, they're managing to do that all on their own yeah, with no help. Yeah. So, well, I uh, think, you know, one thing that would be nice and you touched on it, Grinch there when you called them heroes. And I think everybody here, you know, in hindsight can, can certainly look at it and agree with you. Um, but, but that's not, you know, to your point, that's not what they wanted to do. They didn't, you know, they didn't want to be heroes. They weren't thinking of it that way. Right. They were there to protect. They were there to protect everybody. The, the people being attacked and the people doing the attack and because it could have gone, you know, it could have gone bad on both sides. Um, you know, 100%. they, they were there to do their job and nothing more. Um, and and, and, and on that note, it's worth highlighting and pounding the table over the fact. Uh, I know we've said seven casual, well, we said seven casualties, um, which I believe, I believe one or two of which were insurrectionists. One of which was shot, but they right. did start it. They did start it, but, but it's the point is, is they were trying they to prevent that. That they did not result to lethal force. Agreed. Right. When, when you when you listen to. when you listen to their testimonies, and you watch the videos, it's amazing. They refused because they were Americans. 
they refused to go to lethal force. Refused. Yeah. I know I'm slightly disappointed by that. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm no, not. I'm not either. Because you know right? that's I what mean... that's what makes being an American an American, and not what these you know so-called patriots, which we all agree are national terrorists, are. You know, homegrown terrorists. That's all they are. Yeah. National. No, I, Misguided. I, I, not not I, intelligent I, enough. Thor knows. I share the sentiment. I I told him I would have loved to have seen napalm followed <laughs> by chainsaws to deal with the crowd. <laughs> Because you're a man of the people. But that's right. That's right. But Prince 2024. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. And yes, the restraint. They were cognizant of how bad it could get if that were to start happening. I'm not I'm not gonna discount that that as a simple professional of knowing when gunshots start ringing out, that changes the dynamic. Well, um, and certainly in this scenario, I, right? I mean, if you're if you're you know basically a U.S. military, I don't want to say military force, but a U.S. force now firing up on other Americans in a government building, that's setting a horrible precedent. That's yeah. I mean that that's huge yeah, and completely well, changes changes, not, changes the tone of the whole. Situation. And I can't remember. I want to say it was Hodges. It was either Fanon or Hodges who even testified to something like that. Like I thought about discharging my firearm but realized that that would have only escalated the situation further right they would have taken it from me and they probably would have killed me with it and it would have just you know completely uh you know uh steamrolled the situation in a bad direction as bad as things were they could have been you know a million times worse had something like that happened uh, yeah, yeah i i actually that it, that's it was part the chairman of- Right. Who said, you know, if one officer had turned left instead of right or wouldn't have done this or wouldn't have done that, things would have been very, very different. It's an day. entirely new narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, our, our recollection of that day and what could have followed. Uh, and again, this just speaks to the heroism of these these, you know, these officers that they showed restraint in extreme circumstances in the face and of they overwhelming what stupidity mattered over their own lives like there's no doubt in my mind there's probably a few officers that were like if i just started opening fire i probably you know could have stemmed the tide or at least I'd you have know, felt that crowd's attention right <laughs> yeah but instead they used you know batons masks shields and just were a physical barrier of humanity oh the ironing Oh, our, the, the heart of our government of right. not shooting on people. The, I know the, protecting who, the people who are now saying, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah really that, didn't that too." The, the double talks. irony, yeah. That's the sickening. But part you know, if it, if we had you know a Senate and a Congress and everything full in you know, a House and everything full of people like these four officers, what a fucking world this would be, right? I mean, <laughs> it would be amazing. We get shit done. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, we don't want to drag on too long in terms of time, but I, I mean, I appreciate you guys. Like I say, every week, I appreciate you guys coming to the table. But again, this one is a, a, a very frustrating topic for me. The more stuff we sent out, the more stuff I read, the more stuff I watched Grinch, you just sending out that thing yesterday. Like I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I just got more and more pissed off listening to it and, and knowing that there are people out there that feel this way, that push this agenda and that not only are they saying it, but there's a whole sect of society that give them credibility. It's, it's, I think I said it, well, I don't know what's worse. The fact that we give them a voice or the fact that they, they've got credibility on some level. I mean, they're entrenched in a certain portion of the population that just, I take, believe I take solace and comfort that they don't have credibility amongst people who counter matter. And, and I don't want to say that all people don't matter and all people don't count, but 
I mean, in this instance, you know, if you choose to be a dumb lemming, then you choose to be a dumb lemming, and I'll just leave that where it is. And, and that's um, part of it, right? It's, you know, if if you can sit there and listen, and, we, and I think, you know, we do this fairly well. I mean, you know, I can listen to both sides of the coin and, and make a, you know, educated decision on my own. And, and a lot of these people aren't doing that, right? They're just taking whatever's fed down their throat and, and well, taking it, you know, and, and accepting it as gospel. And they absolutely, and, 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 and to make that, to make that thought worse, Mac, they absolutely refuse to believe facts as facts. Right, right. right yeah, instead of, that. you know, educating themselves and, and, you know, learning about it, they, they just say, oh, well, you know, Tucker Carlson said it. So, you know, it's fucking true. And, you know, fuck everybody. Mm. I, I, I Just mean, saying it, his it, name irritates me. I know. I know. Right? I do. I know. When I it, see it his face, dirty coming out when of my I mouth. see his face, like his muscles in my body just contract. Face, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's like, yeah I, I, I mean, my, my hope. Um, well, let me say this real quick. Don't be like South Carolina fans. Um, hope is a dangerous thing. It is. It is. <laughs> um, Word. Preach. Or, or I guess... So the, the fear of, and, and the officer spoke to this in their hearing, is you've got a force who had, like, they, they could never stop doing what they were doing. Like, if you know, if you hear, like, you know, I'll use uh, Officer Dunn as an example, who got home at like four in the morning, you know, covered in CS gas and bear gas and whatever, can't even, can't even clutch his loved ones takes a shower, which reactivates the chemical, you know, so now he guy's miserable, but he finally collapses, you know, from just exhaustion, goes back to work. Like two hours later. Yeah. yeah. On two hours of sleep. Yeah. And they're still doing their job every day. You and know, he yes, proceeded to work for like another 15 or 16 days straight before right. he actually ended up taking right. leave. Those yeah. are the, the, that's the, that's the quality of people we should be so thankful are part of appreciative yeah yeah and the the this is the fear part because they did speak to this which is the morale probably suffered significantly following especially Mm -hmm. as some of these fucks started saying hey that really wasn't that bad and they're like shell-shocked looking around going are you serious right now like I, i still wake up some nights thinking about it you know like i'm speaking for them you know, I'm still going to rehab. I'm going to have another surgery from that day. And this is all stuff that starts drifting into the woodwork because they're the potential people who just get ground up by the machine. And we just expect more Patriots to keep coming forward. Well, you know, even George Washington back in the day said, you know, a nation, I'm going to butcher the quote, but how you treat those who serve your nation speaks volumes about the nation, right? If what follows doesn't shore them up, recognize them for the sacrifices that they made and they, and they frankly doing their job that day, that that's the world I don't want to live in. That's I want to get back to the world where we recognize them for what they are. We show the appreciation, we give them the resources and we never let it happen again. They're sacrificed. I mean, because right now that's where the right wants to be. Yeah. Let's ignore it. Let's sweep it under the rug. Let's move on and pretend like it didn't happen. And, you know, I, I would go so far as to say is, and to, again, you go full-fledged fascism, which is just, you know, a shit show. As we all know, it's never succeeded. It's always garbage and it ends, in, it ends horribly. And it's always motivated by some horrible thing. You know, that's not, that world has no future. <laughs> a country doesn't survive in a world like that. Not one we want to live in. No. No, hell no. no. 
But as always, thank you, gentlemen. I do appreciate it. Uh, you know, again, it's a hard topic watching those guys, listening to it, the things that were said. It is, just, but but thank you for bringing it forward for for you and Grinch bringing it forward because I'll be honest, it actually it, it actually I don't want to say forced me. It it actually allowed me an opportunity to sit down and really watch the the four hours of the committee and to read some articles and. I submit to those who haven't followed it to sit down and do the same thing because it's it's an amazing inspirational thing. If you're, if you're having doubts about America and what America stands for, these four gentlemen who testified in this committee will reaffirm with you that there are still amazing American Patriots out there. Well said. Yep. Well said. Absolutely. All right. And with that being said, I, I don't think we go any further. Haas, you just closed it out for us. So I appreciate yeah, sorry. That. I just no, meant to say perfect. That was, that was, that that was a perfect way to, to end it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's nothing else that needs to be said. So uh, with with that, I guess we will leave you there. Please join us each week. It only gets better from here. I mean, every topic can't be a hard, heavy topic. There'll be some good ones out there. So you got to join us each week and find out. But as, as always, season two, we're rolling on. It's only the second episode. We'll see what next week has to bring. With that being said, please join us week in and week out. Obviously, you can catch our episodes anywhere where you get your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. I don't care. It doesn't matter. As long as you're listening, that's all we care about. And again, feel free to interject. Feel free to be a part of the show. Go to our website at aspirateddebate.com. Check out our email at spiriteddebates at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Hit us with a drink. Hit us with a topic. Let us know. We'll reach out to you and see if we can get you on the show. And as always, gentlemen, we close out the show. Salud, bros. Cheers. <laughs>